Good morning. And thank you, Bang. Welcome again. Thank you for blessing us with uh, your music today. Thank you very much. And I'm just going to bring all eyes on to him. But Jerry, I'm so glad to see you back and everything. And I don't mean to embarrass you, but we love you. And, you know, you just, you're making this pastor's heart happy to see you. Welcome back. We have some announcements in our bulletin. I'd like to direct you to the page and let you peruse through that at your leisure. The important part on here, all of it's important, but we will have a uh, council meeting coming up soon. In fact, so soon it's next Saturday. So uh, at 9.30, so please come. We are always looking for people that, uh, to sit on, on the council board, and uh, it's helpful to this church, it's vital to this church to have uh, many wise counselors so that we make good decisions, and uh, appreciate you considering that if uh, your heart is so glad to come and sit and be on council. And there's Hank and Doris. Hi, guys. Welcome back. Good to see you. And uh, I think that's about it as far as the announcements this morning. Does anyone, Ed, is there anything else I need to? Susan's back. Hi, Susan. <laughs> I got to see Susan this week, so it feels like I already was there. But welcome back, Susan. And she uh, and Jerry had a, a trip back to, is it Alabama? Mississippi. You, know, you get on the West Coast and you're here and everything's just there, I guess. But it was a blessed time for him and friends and Good for you. And so, welcome back, everybody. <laughs> and, uh, oh, there's Pastor Marvin Linda. Hi, guys. You know, we're just saying hello to everybody here. We're not pointing you out, Marvin. <laughs> so, our opening hymn this morning, after that little thing that your pastor put upon you all, our uh, opening hymn is Earth and All Stars on page 558. Let us sing as unto the Lord.
come together this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sin, God will save Let us confess our sins to God, our Father. Most merciful God, we confess the Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the forgiveness, the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation. Let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. 
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O oh God, our refuge and strength, the author of all godliness, by your grace hear the prayers of your church. Grant that those things which we ask in faith we may receive through your bountiful mercy, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. Our first reading is from the book of Habakkuk, chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, and then skip to chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And this can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1456. Habakkuk, chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. The prophecy that Habakkuk the prophet received... How long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not answer, listen, or cry out to you, violence, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed, and justice never prevails. The wicked him in the righteous, so that justice is perverted. Chapter 2, beginning verse 1. I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. The Lord's answer. Then the Lord replied, Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets, so that the herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. See, the enemy is puffed up. His desires are not upright. But the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. Now we will read Psalm 62 responsibly, which is printed in your bulletin. Psalm 62. Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. How long will you assault me? Would all of you throw me down? This leaning wall, this tottering fence? Surely they intend to me. 
yes, myself find rest in God. My hope comes from him. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Surely the lowborn are but a breath, the highborn are but a lie. If weighed on a balance, they are nothing. Together they are only a breath. One thing God has spoken, two things I have heard. Power belongs to you, God. The epistle is from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. And this can be found in your pew Bible on page 1852. Second Timothy chapter one, beginning with verse one. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dear son, Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve as my ancestors did, with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the Spirit of God gave for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. But it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And of this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. 
That is why I am suffering as I am. Yet this is no cause for shame because I know whom I have believed and am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. What you heard from me keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to Gospel according to St. Luke from the 17th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Indeed, our gospel message this morning is from St. Luke. It is chapter 17, verses 1 through 10, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1626. Luke 7, excuse me, Luke 17, 1 through 10. And Jesus said to his disciples, Things that cause people to stumble are bound to come, but woe to anyone through whom they come. It would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around their neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. So watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. And he replied, If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. Now suppose one of you has a servant plowing or looking after the sheep. Will he say to the servant when he comes in from the field, come along now and sit down to eat? Won't he rather say, prepare my supper, get yourself ready and wait on me while I eat and drink, and after that, you may eat and drink? Will he thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? So you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, should say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ, you may be seated.
will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Here's uh, something you've heard before. Help me complete the sentence. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. There's another one that you haven't heard. I just made it up. A person can be preached the gospel, but you can't make him believe. Right? Can't make him. Hold on to that. I will use it later. I heard a story about a man who had read this verse about the mustard seed, and he decided to put it to the test. That's always a good thing to do. And he had a large tree in his front yard. And so he went out to that tree and he said, in the morning, when I wake up from my sleep, I want you gone. And that night the man went to bed. And when he woke up, the next morning he went to the front door and he opened it. And he looked out into his front yard. Just as I thought, the man said, it's still there. Well, first of all, I guess we could say that that man didn't have a mustard seed-sized faith, did he? In, in fact, we could probably say that he may, well, he probably didn't have any faith at all. And when he told the tree to be moved, he never really expected it to happen. Did you expect it at the end of that story? And in the second place of of this message, I think um, that the man misunderstood what Jesus was trying to teach his disciples, what Jesus is letting us listen in on, what he's trying to teach us today. You see, Jesus was not suggesting that you and I go around trying to move trees just to prove that we have faith. No. What Jesus was trying to teach his disciples and you and me, what he wants us to learn today, is that it doesn't take a great faith. It doesn't take a great faith to produce great results. Why? It's because the results, thankfully, don't depend on you and me. The results depend on God. Amen? Amen? Amen. And if the results depended on the size of our faith, I have no doubt that we would probably go around bragging about our great faith. I know that your pastor would. Great is my faithfulness. Morning by morning, I astound me. Right? I think I probably would do that. Maybe you would too. So what we will learn about faith today is this, that what I hope we will learn is that we don't have to ask for great faith 
so that we can do great things. What we have to ask for is faith the size of a mustard seed so that we can see God do great things. And I would pray this, dear Father, we ask for a mustard seed size faith. I pray that you would help us believe and never doubt your mighty power. In the name of Jesus, amen. Le Shomea. Le Shomea. Remember that word? That was a heart that is in tune with God. Solomon prayed for a heart like that. He was given it. And as we know, much, much more. We should be praying for a Le Shomea each and every day. A Le Shomea heart is a heart with faith. Faith is a gift, right? In Luke 17, verses 1 through 10, we get to drop in on the conversation that Jesus is having with his disciples, and he is lovingly preparing them for the tasks that they have been purposed for. And the first warning that he gives is a a woe, a woe to those who create stumbling blocks. And this woe is directed to the disciples, all 72 of them. And we could say that this woe, a way of putting it into, into a vernacular, is when you lead that horse to water, when you lead that person to Christ, We don't feed them poison. Paul tells us in Galatians 1, verse 8, that even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. It's a big responsibility. Faith, as we know, is a good thing, and it's a gift, as we know, a gift of the Holy Spirit. The disciples were right in asking for faith from Jesus. And, of course, we know what happens to them as they get that wonderful gift at Pentecost. Now, we can say this, that faith does not offer immunity to followers from adversity, Faith does not offer immunity from persecution. Faith does arm the believers. Faith arms you. The spirit that lives in us is the same spirit that rose Jesus from the grave. You know that, right? The same Spirit, the Holy Spirit that lives in you is the same Spirit that rose Jesus from the grave. And He equips you to persevere through prayer. And He imparts to you joy. And joy comes as a result of confession and absolution Joy comes to you and connects you to God through the sacraments. And we know 
that temptations are going to come. Jesus just said that to his disciples and to you. Temptations are coming. And we know that believing saints will sin. We also know that repentive sinners will be forgiven. Christ is pointing out that bearing the cross is the opposite. It's the opposite of seeking vengeance. And, 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 and yet we want vengeance sometimes when we've done wrong and been wronged. Jesus points us to a different path. He says, if a brother or sister sins against you and repents, then you must forgive them, even if it's seven times in a single day. What does that look like today? Do people do that today? Do you? I'll show you what it looked like this week, and it was a beautiful thing to see. Perhaps you caught it in the news. There was a young man who was shot by another young woman police officer in his own apartment, on his own couch, eating his own ice cream, watching his own TV. It should have been a place of sanctuary and safety, and she came through the door mistakenly, thought he was in her apartment, and he was killed. And there was a trial, and I don't know all of the details, perhaps neither do you, but here's what we found. That at the statement at the end, the victim's statement, his family spoke, and this man who was killed, his brother, 18 years old, he forgave the officer who killed his brother. He forgave her through faith, not through his flesh. He said to her that his brother is in heaven and safe with Jesus. This man exhibits faith by saying that and believing that and exhibiting that. And the cause of that was this, and though he didn't say it in so many words, he did say, my brother would want me to forgive you. And my brother would want you to know Jesus. Why? Well, because that boy knows through faith, that boy knows that his brother is safe in the arms of Jesus right now. And that young woman, if she departs from this earth without Jesus, well, we know where she would go. We know where all will go without Jesus. Jesus. And so that's what a faith looks like that Jesus is describing. We saw it in real time this last week. And Jesus is telling again his disciples and he's telling us forgive those who repent. This is as important to Jesus as he points out forgiveness is as important as healing. What? Yeah, it is. And we go no further than Luke 5, chapter, excuse me, chapter 5, verses 20 through 25. 
And when he saw their faith, he said, Man, your sins are forgiven. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus perceived their thoughts. He answered to them, Why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. It's just forgiveness of sins is as important as healing. So we have faith. We are asked, asking for faith. We are given faith. Why? Well, we have faith so that we can do great things. Not moving trees, but moving people by proclaiming Christ and Him crucified. By proclaiming the gospel And God will do great things through you. This is his message. His message to you and to me this day is to remain in him, to wait and see. To love God and love your neighbor. Wait and see. To forgive as you have been forgiven. Wait and see the great things that he will do through you and a little tiny mustard seed faith. Leishomea. That's the heart. That's the heart that allows you to see. To see that humble servants, humble slaves, in the last illustration that Christ gave, the last illustration that he gave in, that, in our lesson this morning, our gospel lesson this morning, was that the servant did his duty. And, and he, he even asked, okay, you've got somebody that is your servant and you tell him to go out, you're not going to put out food for him and, and serve on him. No, you're going to tell him, get dinner ready. Get cleaned up. Get ready and serve me. And after you've served me, then you get to eat. And here is the great exchange that we receive from Christ, the king who came to serve. He's the one that, and the disciples will soon see after this period of time that we are studying, the disciples will see him wash feet. They will see him submit to death, even a death as awful and shameful as a death on the cross. And we will see Christ's leishomea, his heart pierced. Beautiful, great exchange. And he's the one, he's the servant that deserves that praise and that thanks and that glory. And that king continues to serve you and me today. He's going to meet us at the table today in the true body and the true blood. He is going to meet us 
and forgive us our sins. He is going to give you that internal, beautiful washing Passover of his blood and his body. The king, this king, your king, who is the author of your faith, he is leading you, not to the, like a horse to water, but he's leading you to come and to drink and to be forgiven. In the name of Jesus, amen. Our hymn now will be The King of Love, My Shepherd Is, found on page 456.
Will you please stand? Let us now confess our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed found on page 3 of your bulletin. I believe in God, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, He rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the Let us pray for all people in accordance to their needs. Lord, you have called us to be a people of prayer and taught us to call you Father. And you promised to answer the prayers of your people mercifully. To this end, we come with prayers and petitions and supplications of your people in Jesus' name. Through your grace, though your grace may seem slow, we trust, O Lord, that you will grant us all things needful in the proper time, just as you have brought forth your own Son in the fullness of time to be our Savior. Grant us patience and humility that we may not despair or grow weary of waiting but live by faith each day. Lord, in your mercy, though we sometimes feel alone, you have provided us with parents and grandparents and families and friends to nurture us to maturity of life and to provide a refuge of love. And even more, you have provided us with our church family and the fellowship of our brothers and sisters in Christ. Guide us to welcome the stranger in Christ's name and to love one another as you have loved us. Lord, in your mercy, though we often yearn for that which we do not have, you have not abandoned us to disappointment. Be with those couples who desire a child but have not seen their dreams fulfilled and make us mindful of their suffering. Who seeks a home most 
help us to provide a home and a place through adoption where this longing may be satisfied. Lord, in your mercy, though we are filled with the sound of words, you speak, O Lord, the word of life and grant us the Holy Spirit that we may hear and hearing believe. Raise up many who will speak your word to us, faithful church workers who will do your bidding on our behalf, and missionaries who will bring hope and light to those who live in the shadow of death and the darkness of sin. Lord, in your mercy. And though we fear the world is out of control, you have placed limits upon all things. Oh, Lord, hear us on behalf of those who exercise authority over us, who order us according to laws, who execute justice, who defend us against our enemies. Bless our president, Congress, our governor, the legislature, and all who make, administer, and judge our laws. Lord, in your mercy, and though the afflictions of the body and mind confound us, we have promised to be, or rather you have promised to be with us in every need, and to grant us grace sufficient for all needs of the body and soul. Be with all for whom we pray, that they might know the comfort of your presence, healing from their ills and strength to carry them through this time of trouble. Lord, in your mercy. Though time and money seem in such short, short supply to us, you have promised to supply us with all that we need and more. Give us generous hearts that we may recognize the poor and needy and share your abundance with them. Give us faithful hearts that we may cheerfully supply the tithes and offerings through which your work is done on earth and your church is supported. Lord, in your mercy, though earthly bread too often dominates our thoughts, You have given us Christ, the bread of life, whose flesh and blood are the true and real food of everlasting life. Open our eyes to recognize Christ's body and blood in this Eucharist feast, and grant us your Holy Spirit that we may eat in repentance and faith now in preparation for the marriage supper of the Lamb, which has no end. Lord, in your mercy, in all these things, O Lord, and whatever else we need, we pray you to grant us for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who died and rose again and even now lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now may the peace of the Lord be with you all.
let us share the peace. Will you please stand? Please pray with me. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. May your goodness become blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to service, and dedicate our lives to care and The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father. Through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection he opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. 
which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, in much the same way, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now, together, pray the perfect prayer that Jesus taught to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. God's given you a heart. He gave you that faith when you were baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You were given that mustard seed of faith. You have it. And you have it so that he may do wonderful things through you, to you. And he's about to do something wonderful again. This feast of the marriage feast of the Lamb. This is This is his promise to you that he'd never leave nor forsake you. Be patient and wait. You don't have to wait now because the table's prepared. And since I've heard your confession that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, then come. The table is prepared. You may be seated and the ushers will bring you forward. We did it again. We're all suited up and all been given that beautiful supper that makes all the difference in the world. And this is the part where I refrain from sending you off with something to do. But I will say this, be patient. Wait. Because he is doing great things through you in you, on you, to you. Be patient, you'll see. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And our sending song is Wonderful Words of Life, found on page 5 of your bulletin.